Well, it's great to have you with us. A Friday edition of Death, Taxes, and Duval. And Friday means we draw one closer or one week closer to the start of training camp, which, of course, is coming up in just a few weeks. Rick Ballou, Hayes Carline. Hayes, first things first, let's say hello to our sponsor. Yeah, it's good to be back uh, with you again, Rick. Uh, off for a couple weeks, and now we're ready to get Death, Taxes, and Duval rolling is the season approaches, and certainly uh, we can't do that without our good friend John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. He can save you money. He has saved me tons of money on my car insurance. And uh, in particular, if you haven't had your policy looked at in a while, just make sure that you're not paying for too much. You're, you're paying what you should be paying. Your policy makes sense. Maybe life circumstances have changed in your life that could affect your policy. It's You'd be amazed at the things that that you know can throw this thing off. So have John look at it. Uh, give him a call, 471-7155, and uh, one of two things will happen. He'll either save you money or he'll say, I've looked at this. You've got a great policy. Stick with who you have. But uh, 471-7155, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. John's a super great guy, and uh, we appreciate his support. And and yeah, Rick, it's it's getting close now. Um. What do you think? Are we going to see, you know, obviously Evan Ingram, we're sort of on the Evan Ingram watch until July 17th for a, a long-term deal, or otherwise he's going to just play on the tag this year. Um, some pretty good free agents still out there. What do you think? Are we going to see any uh, roster trans- transactions of any significance here in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to camp? Yeah, I got to believe at least one move is going to happen. Uh, personally, I'd like to see two. Of course, uh, you know, I came a little bit earlier today that Doug Peterson's son signed Josh Peterson as a tight end. Um, I don't know if that would be considered a significant move, but uh, the whole Evan Ingram deal is what ten days away. And yeah, I looked at some of the free agent deals that went by this year. It, it, it's certainly not like running backs, but it felt like tight ends were being diminished a little bit. One-year contracts, very salvageable around the league. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if, you know, it makes sense, believe it or not, for Evan Ingram to play this season on the tag. I mean, everyone hates playing on the tag. They want to get signed to that long-term contract. But when they went out and drafted Strange in the second round, uh, I just don't know what the feeling is. So, you know, franchise tag money is not bad this year for Evan Ingram. I'd love to see a longer deal. But that one's so up in the air right now. I think you can go either way. What I'd like to see is for them to add, you know, at least one more, if not two more, pass rushers. I mean, we know that they were 27th in the NFL in sacks. They couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes after he had the peg leg in the divisional round of the playoffs. And if they were able to get to him, that could have been absolutely a game changer when it was all said and done. I know you believe Dewan Smoot. Is certainly in play. I've read a lot about Justin Houston. I've read a lot about Jadavian Clowney, who obviously is much better suited in a 4-3 as opposed to a 3-4. But you did lose a lot of production with suit and key. So they have to make a move somewhere. As a matter of fact, Hayes, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up making two moves. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think, in, in first off, in, in looking at Ingram, I, I was confident that they would get a deal done, but as we get closer, I am less and less confident of that. Uh, and again, as you look at the picture, here, here's where I think the Jaguars are operating from a position of strength with Evan Ingram. Because to your point, the tight end market was very soft. I think Ingram wants a number around what Cleveland is paying Joku, which is like $14 million a year. 
uh, which I think is a little rich for the Jaguars. I, I think, you know, they, they'd like to do a deal, but they'd like it to be a little lower than that. And so, really, if you're the Jaguars, I, I think now, you know, early in the offseason, you would have liked to have gotten the deal done because this cap number would have been low. Well, now that doesn't really matter because you're not going to do anything of vast significance. So the cap space that they have now is roughly like $15.5 million. Well, I mean, if you got a deal done with Ingram and you lowered it from $11 million to, say, like six, that $5 million really doesn't do you a lot of good at this point. I mean, it's not to say it would have no value. It would have some, but not near the value it would have had prior to the new league year and the bonanza of free agency starting. Uh, and so I, I think you know that factors in. I also think the other thing is if he's looking for $14 million a year, look, you could tag him theoretically again next year at less than that. It would go up from about 11.3 to I think 13.1, somewhere in there. So I think if you're the Jaguars, I don't think that'll happen because they've got Calvin Ridley, they've got Josh Allen, so uh, they'd have to get deals deals done with both those players or be willing to let them hit the market uh, to tag Ingram a second time. But I do think it's a nice luxury to have of, look, Evan, we'd like to have you and we feel like we're offering you a very fair deal. But if you feel like $14 million is is where you've got to be, we can't get there. So you can play on the tag this year at $11 million, and then you know we'll see. And if you have a bad year, obviously it's 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 going to be it's going to hurt you financially. If you have a great year, you know, with the salary cap going up, then I, uh, you know, that's awesome. But we could just tag you again. So I, uh, you know, I, I think the Jaguars are in a pretty good position there with Evan Ingram, who's a great pro and a great player, and hopefully he's a Jaguar for many years to come. But I do think that the team is uh, is got the leverage there. And then in terms of pass rusher, I really think they need to go ahead and and add Dewan Smoot back into the fold. Um, you know it. I think the Jaguars need to look at it, and I think they are. This is all about January and February. I mean, this is this is now a, a team that we believe is certainly going to win a divisional title, host a first-round game. The schedule is so favorable, they absolutely have a chance at the number one overall seed. And you're thinking more January and February. Yes, Dewan Smoot's coming off a torn Achilles, but he's going to be ready by then. So... I, I I would not be surprised if you see the Jaguars go ahead and sign Dewan Smoot in the next few weeks uh, going into training camp, knowing that he's probably starting the season on PUP. You're probably not going to have him for the first six games of the season. Uh, but again, this is a season that it, it, you, can, you can live with not having Dewan Smoot in September and the first part of October. But if he's healthy in January, he can be a really you know nice rotational piece. So... Uh, I'm with you. I'd like to see Dewan Smoot and another player. I'd still love to see Ngakwe, even though I don't think it's going to happen um, from a personality standpoint and and what he what the kind of role he's looking for. But uh, but yeah, Rick. I, I mean, I think there's some exciting things that could potentially be on the horizon. Yeah, you don't see a lot of hometown discounts uh, anymore. I mean, they're they're rare, and it, that could apply here with Smoot uh, for the reasons that you indicated. No rush, no hurry. Just get him healthy. And, you know, make it incentive laden maybe for the second half of the season where he can earn a pretty good uh, paycheck if, in fact, he's out there, um, you know, putting up some numbers. You know, with Evan Ingram, I love the player. I don't love the position. And I know that Doug Peterson uh, really wants that to be a huge part of the development of Trevor Lawrence. 
I just can't pay a tight end $14 million a year. Now, you conceivably could this year because they're $15 million under the cap after the Cam Robinson suspension. You could tag him again in a year. But then you got to wonder, is he not going to be around at all during the offseason? And obviously, when you when you don't sign a franchise uh, tag tender, you're, you're technically uh, not a member of the team. So you're not supposed to you know, you're not in the building, you're not working with the guys. I just think with everything else that this team is going to have to do 2024 and forward, you just can't pay a tight end that much money. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see this particular position drop a little bit. Now, I'm sure others would say, well, the salary cap's going to go up. Every positional group is going to go up. That's not true. We're starting to see the running back position dip. I wonder if tight end is going to follow suit. We don't have a lot of evidence of that so far, but this is just something I'm, I'm considering because when you look at the Jaguars, that offensive line, you don't know anything about it in 2024 except for, I would have to imagine, Harrison and Fortner and you hope Little. Those are And, and I guess Sheriff still is there, but with Ridley and everything else you got to do on the defense and then trying to figure out, you know, are you going to restructure contracts again with, with Zay and Christian Kirk and all of these other issues, which are good concerns. I mean, re-signing your own players is something that this organization hasn't done in a very long time. I just wonder where the importance of tight end really does come into play. Even this, um, uh, the name escapes me right now, the Bowers, the kid out of Georgia, kind of like, you know, um, Kyle Pitt a couple of years ago or Kyle Pitts a couple of years ago where they went higher than the position Uh, positional value is um, where do you really put that in the landscape of things it's important in this offense but I think you're going to see more balls go to ETN out of the backfield this year I think Strange is going to get his obviously Calvin Ridley is going to get his we never say that there's not enough balls to go around in Jacksonville but that may be the case so just on the surface I mean what did he catch 76 balls I believe it was a year ago there's no guarantee that he's going to get that regardless of the amount of money he plays for. Yeah, and and again, the other thing, too, is you've got a head coach that really gets the most out of that position. So that's another one where when you're roster building, you know, if your head coach has proven that he's got a scheme that really makes those guys look good, maybe you don't feel the need to invest a ton in it. Uh, you've, you've got Brenton Strange, who's, you know, you'll see what you have, but he's a second-round pick. Uh, he'll be going into year two next year, and and obviously they could use a, a third, fourth rounder on another tight end. Uh, so yeah, I I think it's interesting. I like I said, I hope it gets done. Uh, this isn't a hey, I don't think they're going to get a deal done. So now I'm going to you know start you know talking about why they shouldn't do the deal. I hope they do the deal with Evan Ingram, but I do think as we get closer to it, uh, history tells us that that it's probably not getting done. Uh, I, and again, I think they have a good relationship. I think the conversations have been good. I don't think either either side has said, uh, well, that's it. We're done. We're playing on the tag. I mean, I, I think the talks are ongoing, but I, I, I would be a little surprised if a deal gets done because I think it's going to be Ingram having to come down a little bit more than maybe what he wants to do. Um, I think it would make the most sense for him. Uh, he's talked publicly about how much he loves it here. Uh, and, and obviously we're still talking about, you know, generational money 
when you're talking about a, an average contract at you know twelve twelve and a half million dollars a year. So uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens. Rick, I'm I'm excited. I know we we differ on this. I'm ready for football season to be back the day after the Super Bowl ends. Uh, you you obviously are a man of 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 many interests and and you like uh, your non football time. So we differ on that, but. We are getting close. It's hard to believe, but a month from today, like you mentioned, today is July 7th. A month from today, we're going to be at August 7th, which means they will have been on the field for about 12 days, which means we're going to be three or four padded practices into training camp this time next month. What are some storylines that you think we'll be talking about uh, a month from today? Yeah, once it gets here, I'm uh, I'm fired up and I'm totally invested. But you're right, I do enjoy uh, the off season. Uh, for me, storyline number one is just remaining healthy. They they were so healthy a season ago, and you know they got a couple of bumps and bruises and lost some quality starts towards the second half of the season. But you know it it, it seems like it, it was such a common uh, problem around here, particularly with with soft tissue. Uh, injuries and and things along those lines. I, I really believe that Cedric Scott, now that he's been given, uh, you know, the total control of the strength and conditioning program, I think we're seeing far less of that as far as injuries. And um, to me, that's a great thing. When you get an opportunity to get inside the brand new Miller Electric Center, uh, you can see the way that uh, the turf is. It's actually got a coconut type of fiber on the indoor um, facility, which is different from the old kind of rubbery tire uh, type of feel that uh, that you've had at the stadium and that you've had at a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, op- opposing stadiums across the NFL. So it's, it's state-of-the-art. I think it's better suited to prevent um, soft tissue injuries. So for me, that's number one. You know, number two, obviously you want to see him get a little bit stronger in the ditch, both offensively and defensively. You know, the Jaguars last year were really bad in, in third down defense. They were among the worst in the NFL, uh, allowing first downs at nearly 44%. That's got to change. They struggled in their red zone defense last year as well. That has to change. And, you know, I think one of the lost elements in all of this for me is youth in the secondary, Okay. Over the last two years, you have three sixth-round picks, a seventh-round pick, and then you look at a guy like Caleb Hayes at a BYU runs a 4-3-3. Can Jacksonville get anything out of one of those five players? And I'm not talking about them stepping in and becoming a starter. They have starters. I'm not big on Trey Herndon, uh, Deshae Townsend, the passing game coordinator. When I spoke with him recently, questioned my comment on that and said he – had a much better year than what I was giving him credit for. Um, I respectfully disagree with that. So that's one thing I'm going to look at that I don't think will get as much play as plenty of other storylines. That is, can a young defensive corner step up and be that slot guy or contribute, uh, maybe even in dime situations, or you never know about attrition, which obviously is injuries in the NFL. So, that's one thing I'm really going to look at. How about you? Yeah, I, I think that's great stuff. Uh, you know, the Cam Robinson suspension four games. I, I I'm really intrigued to see how they go about that. My my gut tells me that they'll probably proceed the first couple of weeks of training camp as is, 
as if there is no suspension and Cam Robinson will take the first team reps at left tackle. But I think as they start to creep a little closer to September 10th and that opener at Indianapolis, maybe two or three weeks from that date, I think you you start to see you know what's the plan you know what what's it going to be you know because at that point you need to start getting ready for uh, the opener and the four games that you're not going to have Cam Robinson for so do we see you know Walker Little at left guard early on in training camp and then maybe going out to left tackle once they start getting a little closer to uh, preparing for the Colts. I'm very curious to see. I, I think Anton Harrison's the right tackle. I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement there at all you know, in training camp. I think they'll give him all the reps there to get him ready for that four-game run. Uh, you know, and, and so really to me, it's is Walker Little at all a factor at left guard? Or are we just seeing him kind of rotate in uh, behind Cam Robinson at left tackle? I, I'm intrigued to see how Doug Peterson is going to play that one. I because he's he's made it clear. I mean, Cam, Cam Robinson is going to be the left tackle when he comes back from suspension. You know, I, I understand the the you know the the debate over what what if Walker Little and, and Anton Harrison are playing well. It doesn't matter. They're not going to sit an eighteen million dollar player on the bench. It isn't going to happen. So Cam Robinson is going to be the left tackle in the fifth game of the year. So then it becomes well, what happens with Walker Little? What happens to Anton Harrison? Uh, does Little go to left guard? Uh, does Little go to right tackle and Harrison becomes the swing? Uh, I'm really intrigued to see how they go about handling the offensive line. And, and how would you do it? You start training camp if you're Doug Peterson. Do you uh, do you put Cam Robinson out there early or do you really limit his reps in training camp? I would go the other way. I would limit him, but I would also do an awful lot of cross training. And Phil Rauscher talks about that, the offensive line coach. But we don't see a great deal of it outside of Little, who worked a lot in practice, you know, on the right side. Uh, we keep hearing about the best five on the field at one time. So um, early on would be a good opportunity when when and if they're running Cam Robinson at left tackle. But yeah, try. I mean, Little's going to be exhausted. He's going to get more reps than he probably wants. But you got to figure out what he does best. Is he a left guard? Could he be a right tackle? Is there any way you can move Harrison around? Uh, a little bit in this first year. Um, I don't want to say a patchwork offensive line, but I will say get the best five on the field that you can. Um, 18 million is an incredible amount of money for Cam Robinson. And they're going to save obviously about $4 million uh, of that. And, you know, I, I'm one of those that would love to see little beat him out and force him inside because we know he's not going to be a part of things. At least that's my opinion for 2024 because none of that money is guaranteed. I also don't know what they think about him right now. You can go back to the week before the draft when the way that Trent Bulky answered that question. At that time, we, we really didn't know what was going on. And, you know, publicly the right things have been said and the, the, the right statement came out after the four-game suspension. But I do wonder what what is really going on uh, there with Cam Robinson. So, um, I think flexibility is huge here. I mean, you've cut the best quarterback that this franchise has had since Mark Burnell, and he's on the cusp of, of becoming, you know, one of the top five quarterbacks in the game. Um, just reading a whole bunch of stuff this past week, it, you know, from week nine on, um, Trevor Lawrence had the highest percentage passer rating in the National Football League from nine, you know, from week nine to week 17. 
at 104.6. And I think a lot of people forget about that. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. He completely changed his game around. Yet his um, release went from like 2.75 to 2.42. So he cut that off a great deal as well, which means he's getting rid of the ball quicker. We know he has great escapability in the pocket. Uh, Still, to me, though, Hayes, that's the weakest position on this football team. It's the offensive line. You would think there'd be some pride there, and they would take it upon themselves to pick that up a notch, especially now that they are a bona fide playoff team. So that's going to be a lot of fun to witness what happens here on the offensive line come camp time. Yeah, I think so. Great stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun as we get closer. That's going to uh, get us to the finish line, Rick. I want to thank uh, John Spicklemeyer once again, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. But John cares so much about this community and obviously grew up here, played football at Bowles and, and went on to play football at Notre Dame. Uh, the Mandarin Athletic Association is something that's really close to John's heart. And he played football, uh, youth football uh, over there at Greenland Park. And uh, if you're trying to get your child involved in in youth football and cheerleading, uh, go check out the Mandarin Athletic Association's website at mandarintigers.com and and get your child enrolled and and get them active. And it's it's a great organization. Uh, They've got a, a great history. And uh, John Spicklemeyer certainly cares a lot about it, and uh, and and wants to uh, wants to see it succeed and get back to to where it's been. So uh, um, I appreciate that. It's it's always cool when when guys want to give back, and and in particularly uh, areas in which they grew up in. So uh, again, MandarinTigers.com. If you're looking for an organization to get your child involved in uh, with youth football or cheerleading, and uh, Rick, man, it's getting closer. I'm fired up. It's right around the corner, Hayes. We've got a couple of weeks left, and um, I guess the only news that comes out now would be bad news for most NFL teams unless they're, you know, signing free agents, which, is, you know, there's some pretty good ones still out there, which yeah. uh, in itself is, is different. You wonder if this league is beginning uh, to change somewhat right in front of our eyes. But there you have it. You can get Baloo uh, each and every day on Twitter. That is uh, B-A-L-L-O-U 1010XL. How about you, Hayes? Yeah, please reach out at Hayes Carlion. All right, folks. Appreciate it as always. We love your comments, and uh, please send them our way, and we will talk with you next week right here on Death Taxes and Duval. So what, 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 what,